Men, dear saints, can you hear me okay? Yes. yes amen. <clears throat> no, saints, in, in 1978, uh, our dear brother Lee, Brother Witness Lee, he gave a, a conference, which uh, actually in New York City, of all places, uh, I was not there at the time. I was uh, still uh, on the West Coast, studying in the West Coast uh, during that period of time. But in um, the title of the fellowship of this conference is Crucial Elements of God's Economy. And um, we took some excerpts from this book uh, and put them up and the brothers are putting it up, up for us. And you can see here at, at, at the end of the conference, uh, after meeting number six, um, uh, our brother had a time of questions and answers. That was a very particular time in the history of uh, the Lord's move in the United States. Uh, actually, it was a time of turmoil. And uh, Brother Lee started doing this in some meetings. I was really taken aback when I first saw him, uh, saw him do this. But um, he would take questions in the, entertain questions in the meetings. And it's very interesting, um, it's kind of surprising actually, that in such a book on crucial elements of God's economy, we actually have questions regarding parenting. Um, it might, it, we, we, I think we're not, might not expect this and probably wouldn't be able to dig this out, but I think it would be interesting uh, if we could go through these three questions quickly uh, I don't think we'll read every everything here, but um, I, I would like for us to 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 uh, pick up a few key points and particularly one uh, in this first question. So the question here, I don't know, brothers, if there's a way to uh, make that a little larger for the saints. Uh, if 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 so, um, if not, it's okay. Um, we we can just leave it there. Oh, that's better. That's much better. Um, so saints, you may have it on your on your device. You may have it the paper copy, or you can just look on the here on the screen. Oh, that second one was was perfect. Yeah. So here's the question, and uh, I again I was not in that meeting, but I uh, at least from what I could tell, uh, I imagine uh, this was a mom that was uh, asking asking this question. Actually, maybe all three questions. Um, my, my children are saved, but I cannot always convince them to come to the meetings. What's the best way to care for them? I wonder if any of us would share this question. So this is Brother Lee's answer. To be a parent is very difficult. No amount of teaching concerning parenting is adequate. When couples do not have children, they pray as Hannah, the, other, the mother of Samuel, prayed for a son. The Lord may hear their prayer, give them a child, but this child may become a great troublemaker. Was there an amen there? Although there is no unique fail-safe method for parenting, there are a few lessons we can learn. And we've highlighted these answers. Um, these three paragraphs of this, of this answer has three very important points. First, in order to raise our children to love the Lord and to come to the church meetings regularly, we must be a proper person. We must have a proper living before the Lord. Besides the Lord, the persons who know 
best about the kind of life we live are our children. We may be able to fool others about the kind of person we are, but we could never fool our children. Therefore, we need to be genuine. If we tell our children not to tell lies, yet we lie to our spouse, the children will see it. This is very serious. Or if we lie to our spouse only one time, our children may remember it for their whole life. And anyway, there, you could read the rest of it on, on, on your own. That's a very striking point, that the first important thing is our person. It's not a how-to. It's not... E even this has nothing to do with coming to the meeting. Do you see our, our brother's answer? Has nothing to do with coming to the meeting, all about our person. Okay, the second, uh, the second paragraph. Here's the second point, and actually the one that we're going to concentrate on tonight. Besides being proper persons, parents need to exercise their wisdom. This is the area in which parents most parents are lacking. It is easy for a parent to have love, but it is not easy to have wisdom. And uh, as you could tell, saints, the scripture reading that we did all is on this point of wisdom. And they are the scripture references for message number eight of the recent training that we had, crystallization study on Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. So we'll come back to this. Uh, I'll keep reading here. Parents must exercise their wisdom to discern whether or not to charge their children to come to the church meetings. I remember the first time I read this, I was taken aback a little that, Brother Lee, you're saying sometimes we shouldn't charge our children to come to the meeting? Asking whether or not parents should charge their children to come to the meetings may be likened to asking whether or not we should take an umbrella when we go out. For such situations, we need to exercise our wisdom to discern the situation. According to our discernment, we may exhort our children. However, some parents are zealous without wisdom, and their zealousness offends their children. Oh, dear saints, I have to admit that I have seen this quite a number of times among us in different situations, different places. Zealousness without wisdom. The, the effect is opposite of what, what we want. C continuing the reading, the more they charge their children to come to the meetings, the more they offend their children, causing a strong reaction. This matter is not easy. Parents need to be proper persons and exercise their wisdom. It is right to charge our children to come to the meetings, but we need to discern based on our children's condition, the proper time and the proper way to charge them. If our children are in a certain condition, it may, it may be better not to charge them to come to the meetings until their condition improves. Isn't this good, saints? We, 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 we need to exercise discernment. Uh, I like this in that next to last line, based on the children's condition, the proper time, and the proper way. And again, we'll come back to this paragraph in this point. Finally, parents need to trust in the Lord's mercy. And we covered this a little bit this morning. Let's go to the, to the next page on that, if we can, brothers. The next question, mm -hmm. scroll down a little bit. Here's the next question. 
I wonder if you've had this, this question. How should I regulate my children concerning watching televisions and movies? Today, we might add being on the computer, playing, playing video games. Here's the answer. Because of the current of the age, it's very difficult for parents to forbid their children to watch televisions, television and movies. Therefore, therefore, parents need to exercise their wisdom to restrict which television shows or movies to allow their children to see. We also need to teach our children the reasons for these restrictions so that they will understand our decisions as they grow older. We need to give them a proper explanation according to their age, not prematurely. We should tell them something they can, we should, sorry, not tell them something that they cannot understand at their age. Our training must be according to their age. But here comes the important, the main point. To raise children is not easy or simple. It requires that we spend much time with our children. This is a big key, saints. The more time we spend with our children, the better. We should spend at least two hours every evening doing nothing but being with our children, talking to them or teaching them something. This will make them happy and give them some training. If we do not spend time with our children, we should expect that they will have problems. Although we cannot always afford to spend that much time with our children, the principle is that we need to spend as much time as possible with our children and give them the proper education according to their age. I think this is precious things. I hope we can go back and spend some time to even muse on, on this, these matters. The third question, some young brothers and sisters who leave home to study end up staying in dormitories with unbelievers. What is the best way to care for these young ones? And here, uh, we won't read the entirety of, of this paragraph, uh, this answer, but I'll highlight some points. It is difficult to know whether it is better to keep our children at home or send them to school in another city. This is a very complicated matter with many factors involved. However, one thing I know is that in order to take care of our children, we always need to prepare them ahead of time. In order to properly care for a 15-year-old, we need to spend 14 years to educate the child. Every bit of proper education at the proper age is an inoculation. If we adequately educate and inoculate our children, they can leave home to study without any problem. If we do not adequately educate and inoculate our children, it will not matter much if they stay at home while studying. A 15-year-old spiritual health depends on how much education and inoculation he received in his first 14 years. Then we drop down to the highlighted portion there. You can see that in uh, highlighted in, in yellow. The only way to give children, to, sorry, the only way to have good children is to spend all our time with them and exercise our wisdom to give them a proper education and adequate inoculation beforehand. However, after all this, we still must place our trust in God's mercy. Thank you, brothers. <clears throat> Saints, I hope this was helpful to you. Um, I've read this portion many times, and I would tell you, since I first read it, it became a help, and I receive more each time I go through to consider. 
uh, especially these three points are highlighted in our brother's fellowship. The first is that we have to be, well, actually four things. The first is to be proper persons. The second is to exercise wisdom. The third is to always acknowledge and accept God's mercy. The fourth is spend time with them. We need to spend time with, with our children. Nothing substitutes our spending time with them. But um, I have some burden to focus on this matter of wisdom. And so I, I would like to maybe entitle our fellowship tonight this way, um, Nuggets and Gems from the Book of Proverbs for our living a godly family life. Nuggets and Gems from the Book of Proverbs for our living a godly family life. And as, uh, as we, we all know, we just had a crystallization training on the books of Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. And uh, as uh, Brother Mauricio mentioned, we don't have a specific outline for this evening, for this, for this uh, fellowship to, tonight. Uh, but we have asked the brothers to uh, make available on the uh, uh, on the website two outlines from uh, the, this recent training, and they are numbers eight and ten. And uh, if you have that handy, it might be good, uh, or it's on the website. You could take you could look and read along. Although we are not we are not going to uh, read that much from either outline. I'm just going to make reference to a, a few of the points. So if you do not have the outline, please don't, don't be bothered, don't, don't fret. Uh, just, just listen and, and you, you can take the notes if, you, if, if you'd like. Um, so I'm just gonna mention highlight points, uh, Roman numerals here and there. Um, but the first, the first outline, number eight, um, really showing us the first nugget, actually the first crystal in, in the book of Proverbs is this matter of wisdom, this matter of wisdom. And message eight is entitled, uh, training outline eight is entitled, The Multifarious Wisdom of God. And so uh, I'll read a few points from, from, this, from this outline from the first Roman numeral. It says, the book of Proverbs stresses wisdom that we receive from God through contacting God. And oh, I hope, I hope saints, we pay attention just to this sentence. As parents, it's very clear from the excerpt that we read. Brother Lee points out, we need more than love. We need wisdom. Oh, when, when, I, when, I, read, when I read that, oh, I have to tell you, the light of the Lord came to me my situation with my children. Oh, I, I thought love is the main thing. Well, yeah, maybe love is the main thing. Maybe love is the first thing. Actually, love is gonna be our concluding point tonight. However, love 
without wisdom, you could damage a child. We love them, but we don't have the Lord's, if we don't have the Lord's wisdom, it's very possible we ourselves in our love for them could push them away. As the example in the, in the excerpt, that some parents have zealousness, but not wisdom. And I have seen, I have seen, sadly, um, children turned away from the church life, turned away from the meetings because of overzealousness on the part of some of the, some of the parents. And sorry to say, I, I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but, but I've seen this mostly on the side of the moms uh, with grown children. Oh, won't you come to the meeting? We have a meeting. Oh, there's a conference. Um, sometimes, sometimes the children will avoid the contact with some, with some, with their parents because they, they are anticipating that the main thing, the first thing is you're going to, you're going to check with me about my meeting attendance, uh, rather than possibly, how are you? How's the family? How are the children? How's your job? We, we, we need to have the wisdom. Now, please don't, don't then uh, just take what I just said that, okay, so then we don't invite them to the meeting. We only talk to them. How are you? How are the children? No, no, no. That's not the way. The Lord will give us the way. The Lord will give us the way because it depends on their condition, their situation, their openness. As we spoke about this morning, the entrance into their heart, the entrance into their heart. And, and it's possible today there's no entrance, but after some sweet contact for a period of time, then there's an entrance. Actually, sometimes they may ask, uh, aren't you having a conference this week? Uh, can I go? Uh, isn't this the time that you usually have such a conference? And, and they may offer something. So brothers and sisters, we need to receive the wisdom from the Lord by, and it says here, through our contacting him. We need to contact the Lord. One of the points we're going to get going to get to is, is 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of God are you in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom to us from God, right? But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became wisdom to us from God. Those, those two precious little words, to us, imply what? Transmission. Transmission. When we come to the Lord, when we come to the Lord through his word, in prayer, humble, with an open heart, dear saints, the Lord will, will dispense himself, will transmit himself as wisdom to us and we'll know how to navigate navigate our way you know i i do appreciate and it was brought out in this message i do appreciate the prayer of solomon you remember that solomon prayed in second corinth in second chronicles chapter one now give me wisdom and knowledge 
that I may go out and come in before this people. And I know in my experience, the Lord has led me to pray this prayer concerning my children, concerning my family. Because the first ones among his people that we have to navigate our way through is those in our household. We need to ask him for wisdom and ask that he would be wisdom to us, that there would be a transaction between us and the Lord in fellowship. The Lord will not just give us away. The Lord will not just guide us apart from himself. Remember, saints, how we began our conference, God's economy. The Lord doesn't just want to make our life smooth and give us a happy family life. The Lord wants to gain each and every one of us. He wants to saturate us. He wants to impart himself, transmit himself into us. Okay, continuing reading in the outline, says the subject of Proverbs is living a godly life by God's wisdom. B says, the central thought of Proverbs is that we should seek after wisdom so that we may live a godly life on earth that is acceptable to God. Acceptable to God. <clears throat> then in Roman, I'm going to skip down actually to the next page. Um, Roman 3, Roman 3 in this outline says, Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. Point A says, in the New Testament, the personified, the, the personified wisdom of God is Christ as its reality. Point B says on the next page, in Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. In Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. And then under this, there's a small point four that says, if we exercise our being to contact the Lord, Christ as the life-giving spirit will saturate our spirit and our mind, and we will have in our experience the wisdom and knowledge that are hidden in Christ. I'll give you a brief testimony. <clears throat> Lord, cover me to uh, <coughs> expose a little bit of my dealing with my with my own children. Um, I think I think it'd be okay for me to 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 say this. Um, when my son was in was in high school, he was a junior in in high school. And um, he asked me, he asked me if he could go to, oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was a sophomore. He was a sophomore. That is in his second year, 10th grade. And he asked me if he could go to the prom, <laughs> to go to the prom. I said, the prom? I thought that's a senior thing. And he said, no, no, he's, there, there's such a thing as the junior prom, the junior prom. And <clears throat> this girl, <coughs> um, invited him to be to be her date at the junior prom. Oh, saints! Uh, my son's not my you know our oldest, so this is the first time I was facing this this kind of thing. And so I'm thinking, oh Lord Jesus, what is what is this? 
And I remember we were driving, we were driving, I was dropping him off at school that morning. And he said, he said, well, uh, um, you know, she broke up with her boyfriend and it was very close to the, to the prom, prom date. And, uh, and I had always thought, I had always thought, oh, when this comes up, oh, those things are a waste of time. And, 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 uh, um, only bad things, bad things occur. I, I, I'm, I don't want, I don't want my son to go to the, to any, any prom. And I thought I had two years to go before I, before I had to deal, deal with this. And, um, anyway, he's, uh, so he asked me, uh, you know, can I go? And so inwardly, inwardly, I just, I just, uh, started to, pr- I mean, talking to him, but as I'm talking to him, I was pr- praying, I was kind of going like, you know, kind of like this, kind of like Nehemiah in, uh, in, you know, in Nehemiah in, in, when, when he's talking to the king there in chapter one, um, you know, he's sad and the king asks him, you know, what's the matter? And, and he says, uh, you know, Nehemiah must've been a kind of joyful person because, because, you know, in Nehemiah, it's where it says uh, eight ten, where it says the joy of the Lord is my strength, right? The joy of Jehovah is my strength. And the king could tell, he says, you, he said, I'd never been sad in his presence. And the, the king you know, asked him what's wrong and he said how can i be how can i not be sad with what's happened to my people and my city and then the king asked what do you want and and it says the next verse says and nehemiah prayed and said to the king did you ever wonder about that he prayed and said to the king how, how does that mean i mean i don't think he said oh king could you wait a moment and then he ran to his room knelt down, prayed, got an answer from the Lord and came back and told the king, no, I don't think so. I, I think Jerem, I think Nehemiah learned how to do this, how to talk to people and pray at the same time. So I'm, talk, I'm talking, but I'm in contact with the Lord and say, Lord, what should my next sentence be? What should my next sentence be? So I, anyway, I was like this with my kid, with my son. I was, I was talking to him and I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus. And you know, I, I, I want to say no, but I don't. I don't really want to say no so quickly. And so I was before the Lord, brothers. I was before the Lord, and I felt like the Lord gave me a, a word. The Lord gave me a, a, maybe maybe it was a little wisdom by being in contact with Him. So I told Him, "Well, son, I want you to pray about it. I want you to pray about it." And uh, if the Lord lets you go, then I'll say amen. If you have the peace before the Lord, I'd never done anything like this, saints. This is a little scary even for me at that time of my raising my, my kids. And, and uh, but I, I wanted to have him to have some experience of the Lord. But, I, but then I had, I had this feeling to tell him, but listen, I don't want just a yes or no answer. I want the Lord to speak to you. I want the Lord to speak something to you. So when you tell me the answer that the Lord is allowing me to go, I want to know, I want you to tell me, what did the Lord say to you? Okay. And um, uh, anyway, I left it. I left it. And uh, then he came back and said, Dad, this this was a few days later. A few days later. He came. He said, Dad, the Lord told me I can go to the prompt. I said, "Oh, okay. Um, that's that's 
fine, okay. Um, but did the Lord say anything more? He said, yes. The Lord told me that I can only go to the prom itself and I should not participate in anything after the prom. Saints, that was my concern. Because the prom is supervised, you know, it's they're chaperoned and it's in a place endorsed by the school. And I, I was a little fearful. The things that happen after the prom, there's, you know, there's stories about things that happen and, you know, loose things and all that. And, and the Lord spoke to him. The Lord spoke to him. I was so happy. Then I realized this was wisdom from above. It was not my, my figuring it out. Then to complete the story, <clears throat> a few weeks passed by. Then I realized, wow, we're almost, we're into June now. And we're, we're, no talk about the prom. So I, I one day we're driving, just driving him to school. I asked him, son, <clears throat> what about the prom? When's, aren't you getting ready, going to the prom? He said, oh, the prom passed already. Yeah, I didn't go. The girl made up with her boyfriend. So he was pushed out. I was, oh, brothers, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But do you see that that I, I was just leaning on the Lord? That, you know, we, this kind of action going on, saints. And, and the Lord gave me something to discern his condition, the situation. And then the Lord worked in the environment to take care of everything anyway. So if I had gone with my first instinct to say, are you kidding? My children don't do things like that. That's not holy. If I had said that, oh, our connection, our relationship would have been interrupted. But the Lord just shepherded me and then shepherded him and took care of the situation. So I just offer this as a kind of testimony. Lord, cover me to, to say too much concerning my personal experience in this way. I want to continue reading. And in the outline, um, and go to uh, point four, Roman forces as believers, we are in Christ and Christ has become the wisdom from God to us. And under here, we have points A, B, and C. Now we're heading toward the end of the message. Point C says, to us from God, and this is really my strongest burden here, to us from God in 1 Corinthians 1.30, refers to something present, practical, and experiential in the way of transmission. For Christ to become wisdom to us from God indicates that there is a transmission of Christ as wisdom from God to us for our daily experience. Saints, this can be our daily experience in our family life. Two, Christ as wisdom should unceasingly flow from God to us to be our present and practical wisdom in our experience. Three says, if we remain with the Lord to receive his dispensing, he will be transmitted into us as the wisdom to handle various problems and matters. Saints, we need to remain with the Lord. Remain with the Lord. I asked the, the brothers if we could sing hymn 255 this evening. You know, we just had that, that hymn before. This is the hymn by Brother A.B. Simpson. Breathing, breathing, breathing. Breathing out. 
you know, if you pay attention to the, the, how the, that hymn is constructed, nearly every verse talks about, firstly, breathing out. And then the second half of the verse, breathing in. Even the chorus is like that way. I'm breathing out my sorrow, breathing out my sin. I am breathing, breathing, breathing all thy fullness in. Saints, we need to remain before the Lord at times. As we face situations with our family, we may not know how to navigate through certain problems. It's just too complicated, too intertwined. It seems like no matter what we would do or what we would say, we, we lose our children's trust or heart or cooperation. We need to be before the Lord. But sometimes it, it's, it's that the, or a, a problem in our receiving the wisdom is that there's a blockage in our being. There is something that needs to be breathed out. There is something that needs to be exhaled before the Lord. There is something that needs to be unclogged, you know, as a, like when you have the kitchen sink, the drain, sometimes over time, there's a clog needs to be, you know, with a plunger pulled out. Sometimes there's things in our inner being that are, haven't been dealt with. It could be, it could be sin. But very often, not just sin. It could be unfulfilled dreams. It could be disappointments that are that are there that have never been breathed out before the Lord. And once we do and allow him to flow in our being in a fresh way, the light comes almost instantaneously. We know our path. The Lord wants to be wisdom to us. But we also need to maintain the flow of life in our inner being. We'll come back to this point and another of the nuggets and gems. <clears throat> but he will be transmitted into us as wisdom to handle various problems and matters. The, the last point here is point four. If we are one with the Lord and receive his dispensing, we will experience and enjoy him as our wisdom day by day and hour by hour brothers there'll be there'll be times there'll be times when uh maybe we're on our way to a meeting and our little child five six years old may, may say daddy daddy play, play with me play with me and if we have this going on brothers if we are in contact with the lord we may just have a feeling, how about give 10 minutes, sit down, even sit down on the floor and just play Legos. Just, just do whatever they're doing, just to spend time, just like we had in, in the reading, spend time. Those 10 minutes, 15 minutes could be a, an investment that brings returns for their whole life because the Lord knows they need us at that time. We will have the present and practical wisdom of how to be with our children or in my sake, even our grandchildren. The Lord has blessed us 
I told you before, three children now all married. We consider we have six children. They are our children. And the Lord's blessed us with five grandchildren. And we have the same opportunities to be with them in the same way, to sit down and give them that kind of attention. And that's a kind of investment for later. That's an investment for an opening of their hearts. I appreciate uh, this morning in the testimonies. Oh, I was so watered by, the, by your sharing this morning, those testimonies, especially a number of, it seems, grandparents or older saints shared. And I believe, if I remember correctly, one sister mentioned that, that her, um, her grandchildren, there are some things they just will not open to their dad, to their parents. But it's so easy to talk to grandma. That's precious. That's precious. And the Lord, the Lord may give us this feeling. Spend certain time with them as a way into their heart. Oh, that we could have the sensitivity in our spirit to follow the intuition, to follow God's direct leading to us, to follow the anointing. The, the anointing is not just for what to speak in the meeting or when to preach the gospel. The anointing is sometimes when to just sit and listen to our children and be just an ear there, be, to be to be available for them, available for them. Of course, we need this between the spouses too, not just to be together. Sometimes we're together, but we're not inwardly available to the other party. Anyway, we need to, we need to seek the Lord for the wisdom that's fr from above. This is the first point. <clears throat> now I'd like to jump over to message 10 in the crystallization training to touch five other nuggets or gems, five other nuggets or gems. And they are all the Roman numerals in this, in this outline. Um, how about we just read through the, the main points just so that we all have them kind of before us. And then I'll go back to say something about some of the points. The first is vision. We, we actually, covered last night, covered this last night. So this is the message 10, living a godly life. But please note that I entitled tonight's fellowship, Nuggets and Gems from the Book of Proverbs for the Living of a Godly Family Life. So of course, we're trying to apply all these things to our, to our living in our family. Roman 1, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. So the first thing we need is vision. After wisdom, vision. Roman 2, buy truth and do not sell it. Oh, brothers, we need truth. We need the Lord as our reality. Roman 3, the spirit of man is the lamp of Jehovah, searching all the innermost parts of the inner being. So the third point is our spirit, our spirit. Roman 4, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the issues of life. So point 4 is our heart. And then the final point, Roman 5, love covers all transgressions. So the point is love. So we have what? Vision, truth, 
our spirit, our heart, and love. And brothers and sisters, all of these, all of these are important for our living our proper family life and in our interactions with our children, our grandchildren, and even all the young people in the church life. Of course, the matter of vision, I, I think we covered that sufficiently uh, uh, in our first, in our first uh, session. We, we have this vision, the vision of God's view for the next generation and how for every age turning work, I don't know if you were surprised by this, but uh, I'm quite impressed in the scripture, two generations together to turn, to turn the age. So uh, I'll just leave that for the matter of vision. The second point is truth. It says here, buy truth and do not sell it. And in the outline, it says, point A says, truth is something that we have to buy, something that has a price. <clears throat> Dear saints, to have reality requires a price. To have the Lord as the reality in our living requires a price. <clears throat> the entrance into the heart of the Thessalonian believers, what we saw uh, this morning concerning Paul's entrance to those young believers was because those Thessalonian people saw something in the living of these men, the apostles. What they saw, maybe they didn't realize it at first. What they witnessed was the reality of the triune God. What they witnessed was the reproduction of Jesus living among them. Even, even taking care of their human living in very ordinary things. They saw that, that opened their hearts because they saw truth. But we do know in the lives of Paul and the other apostles, how, how they paid a price, how they paid a price. We all need to pay a price to have reality. I think I may have mentioned this last time I was with you, that uh, in recent years, we've, out of our concern for our not keeping all of our next generation, our second and third generation, um, in studying to see how we could improve, how we can reach their hearts. We've come upon some surveys that were done, some studies in Christianity among Christian young people in general. And we came upon two studies that was very, very interesting, the results. That, that uh, why do young people um, um, leave where they grow up meeting? And a group of, uh, it was a few thousand were, were asked these questions that they, they grew up going to church, quote unquote. They spent at least a year through their high school years in some church group. Um, do they do they do they continue to meet or not continue to meet? And in this study, only one third was continuing to meet in in their in their twenties. That is maybe ten years later. 
and two-thirds were not. And so they all were asked, if you were not meeting, why did you stop meeting? If you were meeting, if, if you continue meeting, what factors cause you to remain? And from those who were not meeting, these are a few of the highlight points. Um, one factor was this. They felt like they didn't fit in. They, they didn't make connections with the people in the, in the group. Not, not just their peers, but even older and younger. They, were, they, they weren't connections. They didn't make connections. Well, that's very interesting because on the other side, the groups that, that did remain, that third, right, uh, 33%, what factors? Th these were the three main factors that they mentioned. Number one, their parents. Their parents. That is that their parents were patterns for them and the love that they had, the parents. Uh, number two was that they had some transaction with the Lord Jesus, a personal transaction with the Lord Jesus before the age of 17. That's very interesting. Number three, that they had at least five intergenerational relationships with people in their church group. At least five intergenerational relationships with people in their church group. Apart from, listen, apart from family and the youth leader. Five intergenerational relationships. And it's very interesting that I looked at two studies. They both came to the same conclusion. They both, they both came to the, showed these results. That for those who continue on with the Lord, it's very important that they make connections with younger saints, older saints, and companions. And when I look at my experience, my personal testimony, I, I had that. I developed that, especially the intergenerational relationships, older ones who became my mothers and fathers in the Lord. And I thank the Lord. I treasure that. Even till today, even till today, the Lord has kept some. They are my mothers and fathers in the Lord. And that's, one, that's just wonderful. We need, to, we need to have this among us in the church life. We need to have this caring for one another's children. Going back to the negative factors for those that did not continue. They said no connections. So we realized this matter, the connections is very important. But another factor that caused people to turn away, hypocrisy. They, they, they saw hypocrisy, particularly in the older generation. And I it was the in the survey it wasn't specific whether that was to parents or people in the congregation. But saints, when uh, when the young ones see a kind of dual living, that is a cause of could be a cause of stumbling. We need truth. We need truth in our Christian life. We need the Lord lived out in our Christian life. And that requires a price. We need the Lord as our reality. 
not only when we're in the meeting, but when we're at home, when we're driving with them, when we're, when we're relaxing, even how we relax, even when we're vacationing, we need Christ as our reality. Because all the time, dear saints, we are t- sowing seeds into our children and next generation. I really appreciate in the life study of Galatians, in, when Brother Lee was covering chapter six, verses seven and eight, I think you may be familiar with those verses. It says, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that also will he reap. And Brother Lee had this, this kind of development. He said, all the time, we're sowing tiny seeds, particularly by our speaking. And in our home life, in our home life, both by our speech and by our actions, we are sowing tiny seeds into the children. Saints, we need to, we do, we do need to be on guard, girded, that we would buy truth, that we would pay the price. What does it mean to pay the price? It just means the cross, saints, that that the cross would be applied to our speaking. The cross would be ap- applied to how we spend our money to purchase things. Even this, how, how we decorate our home and what kind of car we have, all these things, sowing tiny seeds, sowing tiny seeds. We need to buy truth so that there can be the, the, the reproduction of the God-man in, in our home. So that there could be God-men mommies and God-men daddies and God-man parents in front of the children so that they could they could have patterns. And just like in that survey, those that were affected in a positive way by their parents to continue in the Lord, um, that, that we could have patterns like that. I, I do believe we have in the churches. We have in the churches. We need more. We need more. Okay, we go on. The third point is our spirit. The spirit of man is the lamp of Jehovah, searching all the innermost parts of the inner being. Saints, and in our home life, we need to exercise our spirit. But what does that mean? That doesn't mean all the time calling on the Lord and getting our children to pray read. There's There are times for that. But this means that we live in the spirit. And saints, what does it mean to exercise our spirit and live in our spirit? From the, from the book, The Economy of God, I, I think many of us have read, have, have read that. We, we see this, that to exercise the spirit is to exercise the functions of the spirit. How do we know our spirit? We know our spirit by the functions of the spirit, by these three functions. And what are they? I think we practically all know this. Conscience, fellowship, intuition. And it's interesting to me as I was, uh, uh, one year when I was doing my my Bible reading in the recovery, using the recovery version and reading through the notes. And I'm reading through the notes as as I'm reading the New Testament. And I kept coming to this point excuse me, kept coming to this point in the notes. And I'm going to read you one example. In in Ephesians 3, 17, 
And of course, we know verses 16 and 17 are the heart of the heart of the divine revelation, right? Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. The, to be strengthened into our inner man, that Christ may make his home in our heart. But did you know that there's a there's this, this uh, footnote in the recovery version for uh, the word heart in verse 17? The Christ may make his home in your hearts. And this is the note, 17.1. says, our heart is composed of all the parts of our soul, mind, emotion, and will. I, I know that we all know this. Plus, our conscience, the main part of our spirit. I tell you, when I read this, it struck me. Our conscience, the main part of our spirit. This caused me to pause. See, is our conscience the main part of our spirit? Our conscience has these three parts. Or in, in the economy of God, they're called parts and functions. I, I prefer, actually, functions. Uh, but our, our conscience has these functions. Conscience, fellowship, intuition. If you would have asked me when I was younger, what's the main part of your spirit? I probably would have said fellowship, the fellowship with God. I don't know what you would have said. Uh, I would have, I think I would have said fellowship. Maybe there's a chance I would have said intuition. I definitely would not have said conscience because I thought conscience is definitely number three. The other two tossed up. Maybe fellowship, because that's what God wants. But Brother Lee says, the conscience is the main part of our spirit. Anyway, in my reading, I'm going, going through and, and reading. Then I came to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And 1 Timothy chapter 1, note 1, the very first note. in If, you're, if you remember the life study training of 1 Timothy, uh, we used to have this song, godliness is a living that expresses the divine reality, an expression of God in all his fullness. Yeah, anyway, we, those were some, some, one of, that was one of the songs. We had a lot of songs on this very long footnote in 1 Timothy 1, 1, 1. There's a very long footnote with these seven items in God's economy that are highlighted throughout 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. And one of them is conscience. And I'd like to read this point to you in the footnote. It says, the conscience, the leading part of our spirit, which justifies or condemns our relationships with God and with man. It is mentioned in, and it gives a list of verses. And so I read this, the conscience, the leading part of our spirit. This made me pause. Wait a minute. Is my conscience the leading part? I thought definitely the intuition is the leading part. I started to consider this because saints I found, maybe maybe there are others and you could let me know if you find others. I found seven footnotes where Brother Lee says, the conscience is the leading part of the spirit or the conscience is the main part of the spirit. Four times one, four, three times the other, main or leading. Then the Lord brought to me John 6, and uh, sorry, John 16, John 16. When the Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin. And I realized the first function of the Spirit is to convict. 
That's the beginning of our Christian life. When we heard the gospel, we were convicted. I was convicted. I was only seven years old. I was convicted of my sin. I've been in many, many gospel meetings. The Lord, the Spirit works to convict people of their sin. So I thought, mm, maybe this is the basis to say this, that the conscience is the leading part of our spirit. It's the main part of our spirit. The conscience is not the goal. The goal is the fellowship with God. And the, in the, the intuition of our spirit gives us God's direct speaking and leading. But they are upheld, fellowship and intuition, upheld by the conscience. Fellowship is maintained by the conscience. So saints, if we're going to exercise our spirit in our family life, we have to exercise our conscience. We have to pay attention to our conscience in fine detail. Even in our tone, the tone of our speaking, the volume level of our speaking, the Lord will touch us. I, I, I in some conversation with some families in the past, they've confessed to me that in their home, everyone yells. That's what they told me. Everyone, I, and I somewhat witnessed that when I visited them. Everyone yells. And they said, that's the only way we get each other's attention. And they, they got into the habit of speaking that way with each other. Parents to the children. Children to the parents. Oh, brothers and sisters, how we need to live by the Spirit. We need to come back to our spirit just to follow the gentle, quiet voice, the gentle, quiet voice of the Lord in our spirit. That sometimes is the conscience, sometimes is the intuition that maintain our fellowship with him. If we would obey the Lord in our spirit, oh, I tell you, saints, that will be the real wisdom, present and practical. The Lord is, wants to be wisdom to us from God. How does he convey that to us? It's through the intuition in our spirit. That little speaking as a father is about to rush off to another meeting where this little feeling, stay 10 minutes, play with your little girl, sit with your little boy, just sit and just, just to have a talk, just talk with them, find out about their day. Don't rush off. If we obey that little speaking, that is the present and practical wisdom. So our the exercise of our spirit is something very practical and can be something in our daily life. Even in our interaction with our spouses, it's, it's just, just the same sense. Then the next point is the heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it are the issues of life. We've already talked quite a bit about the heart. Dear saints, in order to touch others' hearts, we need to make sure that our heart is turned to the Lord, open to the Lord, that the Lord has a free way in our own heart. If our heart is full of anxiety, 
if our heart is full of hidden desires, if there are obstacles in our own heart, we will not be able to have the wisdom to lead our, our, our family. Actually, if our heart is not dealt with in the proper way, it's impossible to be a joyful person. And if we're not joyful, um, especially the moms, if the mom is not happy, the household cannot be happy. But if the moms are free inwardly, oh, there could be an atmosphere of love and joy in, in the home. Brothers and sisters, uh, you know, the, the parable of the, of the sower, in Matthew 13, the Lord comes and he sows the seed in different types of ground. In one, there's traffic, you know, that the wayside, too much traffic of the world and the seed cannot penetrate. In the second, what? Oh, the, the seed gets in and shoots up, but no depth of earth. What is that? Superficiality. No roots. No roots. Why no roots? Rocks underneath. So something hidden there that was never dealt with. In the third soil, we know is the thorny ground. So, so there, the Lord is growing, the seed is growing, but there's other things growing along with it, competing. And the Lord tells us what they are. The first one is the anxieties of the age, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things. If those things are in our heart, brothers and sisters, we won't have the flow of life in us. The first ground, the, the wayside, with the, the wayside, lots of traffic. <clears throat> Saints, I would, I would say a word of caution to especially all the young moms. Um, be careful about social media. Just keeping up to date with everybody. And there, there could be a lot of traffic, a lot of traffic going on instantly, constantly, all the time. I'm afraid even during our times with the Lord. Oh, woe, woe to you if you're spending your time with the Lord with the holy word, you know, on, on the phone or the verse on the phone, but, oh, notifications are coming in. It's so easy to get distracted. It's so difficult not to check the notification. Like, who is it? Who is it? Are are are. Too easy to be distracted, saints. Oh, today the worldly traffic is just intensified. Intensified. No wonder nothing really sinks in. We we need to be we need to be careful. We need to guard our heart, as it says, as the verse says, keep our heart with all vigilance. Keep our heart with all vigilance. Then when our heart is free. You know, we have we have this hymn, this hymn, dig away, dig away, dig away, dig away. Do you know this hymn? What, the last verse says, when my heart's wholly free, forgive my voice, Christ can pray, sing, flow through me, hallelujah. Oh, when my heart's wholly free. I like to just say, Lord, I want my heart to be wholly free. Flow through me. 
And the first ones I want you to flow to is my family. Oh, I hope we have such a heart. And this could be our reality. We could exercise our heart in that way. Then, saints, we can have the wisdom to touch their heart, to touch others' heart, to touch the heart of our children. And then finally, the last point in this outline, the last nugget or the last gem is love. Love covers all transgressions. Proverbs 10, 12. Love. And it is so important. We did mention before, love is not enough. We need wisdom. But love is still important. (laughs) And we need to have an atmosphere of love. We need to establish an atmosphere of love in the home. And this is a point I really want to recommend again. I've done this before, but I want to recommend Brother Watchman Nee's article on parenting. There's a lot, a lot there concerning many, many of these points. It's in the series, Messages for Building Up New Believers. It's a, a chapter there on, on, on parenting. And a big point is, big point is establishing an atmosphere of love in the home where the children feel so happy, comfortable to tell us everything, both their successes and their failures. Why? Because they know they're not coming to a judge. He points out that in some homes, the father is there always like the judge behind the big desk. And when when you come home, you feel like you're, you know, before the judge. Of course, we are their parents. We do have to discipline at times. But the atmosphere in the home should be an atmosphere of love. How can we have that? Actually, that depends on all the previous points. And one key running through all of these points is actually the practical application of the cross. That the cross would be in our living. Of course, today, brothers and sisters, the cross is in the spirit. So really, we experience the cross by listening to the spirit speaking in our spirit. Taking care of that quiet, gentle voice. And that is how we can actually experience the present and practical wisdom by the transmission of Christ as wisdom to us. So anyway, I hope, I hope these points uh, are help to us. I hope we could go back even to touch these points and consider this matter of wisdom, right? That's from that first message. And then the five points from this message, the vision, truth, our spirit, our heart, and love. I think I'll stop here and I'll turn the meeting back to the brothers and maybe we'll give you a little extra time to uh, overflow and to share tonight. So brothers. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, You know, I really appreciate at the very beginning how Brother Ricky pointed out that in that green book, The Raising Up of the Next Generation, um, you know, it's a compilation and it's um, there there, in a tree. There are the roots and there are the branches and there are the leaves. And these shouldn't be 
regarded as the main thing. But, you know, as I'm listening today, I'm just reminded that these leaves and branches and even the flowers are completely connected to the tree and that they are the expression of that tree. Um, I just appreciate that Brother Lee was giving this, uh, was as he was giving this talk on crucial elements of God's economy, he had this kind of response to a sister who was desperate, uh, maybe, and uh, she said, uh, how do I convince my children to come to the meetings? And Brother Lee um, gave us this matter of we need to have wisdom, right? And I, I appreciate these points that we got into. These are real nuggets. And so to, uh, in the matter of raising up our children, in the matter of shepherding the young people, we need to be the proper persons. We need to exercise wisdom. And uh, we need to spend time with the young people. Um, I really appreciate this matter of wisdom and this matter of Solomon being a person who asked for wisdom in regards to coming in and out among God's people. Mm -hmm. um, but I was really touched by this point that, um, you know, the main people that, that, that I spend time with, the main people that I need to have sort of a fear and trembling and a, and, and a definite wisdom with is my family, is my children. There needs to be an exercise of wisdom on how I would respond to them. And so I'm just uh, really brought back to this, uh, really back to the branches, that we really need to be brought back to the vision. We need to be brought back to truth. And I'm really touched by this matter of the truth. What is truth, right? I like to think that maybe we need to pay the price by spending time to study. Well, I wouldn't say that's wrong. We do need some study. But what we, what we need is we need the reality, and that reality, which is in Christ, requires a price. That reality requires for us to, live, to, to take the cross, for the cross to be applied in our practical situation. Um, I just appreciate that the Thessalonian believers, when they saw Paul, they saw people who were paying a price by being the reproduction of Christ. And so this reality can't be lived out unless we are people who are in our spirit. Um, our spirit, being one with the spirit, being in fellowship with God, can have a certain kind of wisdom on how to live out, how to have the reality of Jesus. Um, and we also need to take care of our heart. Um, our spirit passes through the, en it, the, the entrance and exit of life is in our spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Saints, um, uh, I, uh, with this consideration about the next generation and um, our burden for our children, uh, you know, all, the, all this being fellowship, I, I can't get away from the, uh, you know, something that's going on within me realizing that, yes, there's a burden for all the ones that are younger, but ultimately, still, the Lord is still trying to gain our being. Um, you know, the brother started, the, you know, the conference with this song, Lord, transform us to thine image in emotion, mind, and will. Uh, yes, I'm burdened about the young ones, but the Lord needs to do something in my being, in all our being, even for him to have a way 
right? Anyway, I'll just be in touch. Even this matter of, you know, I've always enjoyed this, uh, this matter, you know, this matter of the Christ in whom all the tre treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. <laughs> He's in me. And this matter was brought out really well that, you know, saints, I, I've served with the young people <laughs> for a while. I know some that can be very difficult cases. And as a parent of a three-year-old daughter who is, um, very inquisitive, I'm realizing I can't even give a proper response, an adequate response to her that, you know, is at her right level. I always like stumble over it. I'm like, I'm, I'm toast when she gets older to teenage years. I'm in trouble because <laughs> I know if I can't deal with a three-year-old <laughs> uh, when they get more complicated, I'm in trouble. But I appreciate I don't have to worry per se because yes, I'm not <laughs> adequate, but I realize the one who is who is wisdom. <laughs> is in me. And I, I and not just that as an objective fact, but saying it's really, you know, in all situations, we realize that, you know, uh, that, that he wants to transmit himself moment by moment, day by day into our being to be wisdom lived out of us. I, I, I you know, the brother hit on the spot for me where I am right now, my daughter, I'm running up and down the stairs to get to meetings for work or the church. And it just happens sometimes. She says, Daddy, dance with me. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> and I really appreciate I need to contact the, the Christ in my spirit who is wisdom to God, <laughs> to me from God, right? Saints, in all matters of things and conversations in the car, all these things, what the Lord is trying to do is surely gain our being and out of us will be what will be a flow of this atmosphere of love of life of supply that will permeate our families uh, and, and ultimately would be a factor in gaining and attracting uh, our young people and the last thing in addition to wisdom i appreciate so much um the, the brother mentioned this is you know you know wisdom we consider the condition and we respond in the proper time and the proper way. And I realized, again, this point points to the fact that our person is so important. Anyway, my one of my key takeaways is saying, uh, I need to spend definite time with the Lord to deal with things in my being, of course, my conscience, dig, dig, digging, but also maintain and practice and exercise to, um, to, to maintain my contact with the Lord in this wonderful heavenly transmission, which is already, which is so available to us to be our way in caring for the next generation.